Welcome to day eight of the Bible 365 podcast. My name is Randy Gudo, and I just want to say before we get started with our reading, thank you to all of you who are listening, sharing this podcast with your family, with your friends, through social media, by word of mouth. It's growing so fast, and I really know and believe that the Lord is using it to draw people closer to Him. Today is day eight. And we'll be reading Genesis chapters 18, verses 16 through 33, uh, chapter 19, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, and chapter 7, verses 1 through 14, Psalm chapter 8, and Proverbs chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. The translation I'm using throughout this podcast is the English Standard Version, also known as the ESV, and our format is the one-year Bible. Let's read. Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 through 33. Then the men set out from there, and they looked down toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him, to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, But Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Genesis chapter 19. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth, and said, 
My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly, so they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, Stand back. And they said, This fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break the door down. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out, groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of the place. For we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy this city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And Lot said to them, O no, my lords, Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken." Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he looked, and, behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was that, 
when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. Now Lot went up out of Zoar and lived in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to live in Zoar. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. And the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she arose. The next day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger also bore a son and called his name Benami. He is the father of the Ammonites to this day. Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 14. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. 
Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Psalm chapter 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beast of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and Lord, as we read over these passages, all I can see is your acts of mercy, of kindness, of goodness, how approachable you are. Lord, I see Abraham contending with you in the place of prayer over an entire area, a region, Sodom, Gomorrah, because of his nephew Lot, and you allowed him to just press in and to just keep asking And Lord, we see that same thing in Matthew where Jesus is saying, ask, seek, knock. God, I thank you that even right now today that we can get before you and we can plead our case. We can cry out for mercy, for salvation, for hope, for freedom. I thank you that you are a good God and that you long to walk with your children, with your sons and daughters, that there's not one area of our life that you're not concerned with that uh, our clothing, uh, uh, the things that we might be anxious over and our minds be tormented over. 
We just thank you for your word, and your word gives us hope, and it brings us rest. Lord, I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit with every one of us today, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and talk about some of what we've read. I'm going to focus uh, most of my little commentary today on Genesis 18, but I want to say a quick word about Matthew chapter 6, especially for those of you who you may struggle in the area of prayer and you just feel uh, deficient or um, just a novice. And I want to tell you that prayer is many things, but one thing it is, it's, it's communication. And God has already spoken to us. He's spoken to you through his word. And look what he says in Matthew chapter six. He's telling you not to be worried about your life, food, drink, clothing. And he, he's talking about how the heavenly father, our heavenly father takes care of the birds, takes care of the lilies. And then he says this powerful thing. Your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And there's something powerful that we recognize that God has already spoke to us. This is a part of prayer. He has spoke to us through his word. And when we come before him in prayer and we just recall his word back to him, Lord, you said you'd take care of me. You're my provider that I'd seek after your kingdom and your righteousness and all these things would come following after me. So I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be worried And that's all I'm going to say about that. I could say, again, a whole lot more about prayer, but that's just a little nugget right there. Now, in Genesis, we're seeing something really powerful here. And a lot of our culture today and our society, increasingly, uh, they're hating God more and more and more and are becoming so much more vocal in what they say about that, questioning so many things, And we're seeing a culture that's drifting further and further and further from God. And one, we can see what happens when a culture is brazen and immorality and is, you know, turning, has turned away from God. We see it with Sodom and Gomorrah, but I want to say quite a few things right here, and I'm going to try to say them quickly. You remember in Genesis 13, and I probably mentioned, hey, we're going to come back to this a little later, but um, Abram, before he was Abraham, Abram, and his nephew Lot, their herdsmen are contending with one another. There's not enough room for all their, their cattle. And so Abram, being a good man, said, hey, you choose which way you want to go, and I'll go the other way. He's given preference to Lot. And Lot looked, and he saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord. And so he chose this area and journeyed east. And it says that Abram, uh, you know, he settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. And then it said this in verse 13, Genesis 13, 13. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. And I just wanted to remind you about that as we start sharing some of these things. Why? Because 2 Peter 2, 8 in the NLT says that Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. I know as you're reading and as we read through Genesis 19, some of you are like going, what in the world? How is this possible that this man is offering up his virgin daughters to these men 
that are coming to rape these angels and that wanted to even abuse and rape Lot more than those angels? Why is he offering his virgin daughters to them? And and the answer is right there. Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. He chose to move his tent to Sodom. And that righteous man, because of what he was seeing and hearing day after day, it, it tormented, it vexed his soul. And, and that's why you can see this behavior coming out. And that's why it's so important for us. You can love God. You can want to serve God. But if you are filling your eyes and your ears with garbage, and a lot of what our modern culture is spewing out over and over and over and over, you will find yourself questioning the word of God, questioning God's ways. And and I hear a lot of people doing that, especially when it comes to the sin of homosexuality. And listen, it doesn't matter if it's fornication, adultery, homosexuality, sin is sin. And people that are shaking their fist at the creator who created mankind and made them male and female saying that, thinking that we know better than God. And yet through all this, not only that, but the, the, what the sin that was taking place in Sodom, it was an outcry. It was a great and very grave sin according to Genesis 18, 20. And so sin, when sin, when a society is filled with sin and it's great and grave, it's an outcry to God. We don't think about that because we become numb to things the more we're around it. We become numb. We become desensitized. God does not become desensitized. He can't close his ears. It doesn't become normal, normative to him because he's holy. And yet this outcry is coming before him. But God is so amazing, so filled with mercy. And we see this in Genesis 18. In Genesis 18, 15 times you'll see the word Lord, and it's in reference to God. There'll be one other time, but it's a reference to uh, Sarah, where she was actually referencing you know, um, Abraham, my Lord. She's talking about her husband. But 15 times. So here is Jesus pre-incarnate. He's here again. Here is Jesus pre-incarnate. He's the Lord and he comes down, and he can't keep from Abraham what's about to happen. So he shares about the outcry. And guess what? We see one of the most beautiful pictures of intercession. Here's Abraham. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? That's one of my prayers when I'm praying for the United States of America. Will not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And so then Abraham gets to contend and intercede. And he goes, you know, from 50 to 45 to 40, 30, 20, and, and then just 10. And I, we wonder, what if he'd have got down to one? Maybe Sodom and Gomorrah would be there still. But Abraham stopped interceding at the place of 10. And you know what? Those angels still had mercy on Lot and on his daughters and even on his wife. Didn't turn out well for her still, but God was still merciful. Do not let people confuse you that God is this hateful being. He is a good God. He is the creator. He is the almighty. He is wonderful counselor. And so there's so many incredible attributes and names. He is, uh, you know, the God who sees. We read that earlier with Hagar. He even was taking care of Hagar and Ishmael. He loves you. He is for you. 
He wants to show mercy for you. And guess what? Let me challenge you. Don't give up praying for your city, your family, your country, your church, your region, and this world because God, he's moving mightily and he still wants to move. Listen, if I keep talking, we're gonna be here for a very long time. Love y'all. Thank you for um, you know listening in and for sharing this podcast with your family, with your friends. If you would like to support this podcast, uh, you can find a link in our show notes or go to randygudo.com and you can you can donate online right there. You can choose to give monthly if you'd like to, to continue supporting this, this podcast and our ministry. Thank you for joining me today and I will see you tomorrow with day nine.